0: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another Coleman Had a Dream podcast. We're going to be talking to you about Wales's draw in the Czech Republic and last night's victory against Estonia. I'm joined as always by Ruth how are you doing Ruth? You okay? Doing all
1: right, doing all right. Yeah, funny sort of weekend, but doing all right.
0: Um obviously I am assuming you watched both the games. Um it was uh, <laughs> it was an interesting uh, it was an interesting window really, wasn't it? Yeah, it
1: it's. I mean, I should, well, obviously we'll 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 discuss this at length, but it it's a weird one, isn't it? If at, at the start of the at the campaign, if you would say, okay, we've got this awkward doubleheader away, you'll take points off the the team that are probably going to be vying with you most, the Czech Republic. You know, overall, we've taken four points off them. After all, um, you'll beat Estonia. It's going to be one of those awkward. You know, old East European type of encounters but you'll come a, a, away with the the three points you know on paper you feel like everything that all sounds so positive and yet somehow at the end of the weekend that's not how it feels
0: yeah I think the context makes a big big difference there doesn't it um let's kind of get straight into it I mean obviously I, w- I want to start by saying if I may that of course I uh I went to Prague very much enjoyed myself uh, with, with two of my pals. We kind of got there on the Wednesday, had a couple of beers, and then had a kind of a day exploring, shall we say, on Thursday, which it inevitably uh, involved doing one touristy thing and then trying as many pubs as we possibly could, um, which was fantastic. And then, obviously, match day, we kind of had a bit of a mooch around, few beers, got ourselves set, had a, had a lovely drink with Laura McAllister and two of her friends as well, which was really enjoyable. So um, it was a cracking day, really. Kind of pub crawled our way to the ground, um, worried we were going to get lost, so jumped on a bus that we weren't really sure what we were doing. And two very helpful uh, Czech fellas said, "Yep, you're in the right direction, lads. You need to get off when we tell you to get off." And fair play, they weren't lying to us. We got off the bus at the right point and managed to kind of make the match just in time. So it was uh, it was a fantastic couple of days, really. I am um, I'm going to spring this on you, Ruth. I did uh, do some recordings uh, as we as we went along, and you can obviously imagine that uh-huh. as the day progressed um, the sense of what was being spoken very rapidly diminished not that there's always much scent being spoken anyway but uh, it did get worse so um, i'm just gonna play and include some of those clips to start off today's podcast here so we are here in prague we have just picked up our tickets for the match tomorrow we've found a cracking little pub across the road where we're having beers for one pound fifty absolutely living the dream i'm here with my two mates Paul O'Brien and Owen Porter and I just thought we'd have a quick chat about what you're looking forward to about the game tomorrow me first is it well that's why I'm
2: pointing it at All alright okay Uh, looking forward to being competitive for Paige to uh, take the initiative and to set us up in the right way so that we we're straight on it from, from the first minute basically top answer top answer
3: Just looking forward to the atmosphere, to be honest. In and amongst the Red Wall, hoping we can create a good atmosphere, because I think it's going to be a very tough game, but I am hoping we get at least a point from it, and to be honest, at this point, I would take it.
0: Ultimately, is a point going to be the thing that... ..what we need at the moment, or do we need more than that? For me to have three points. We need three points. I I think... I think
3: you take a point... Yeah. Carl oh, I agree with those I would take a point but I would say we
0: need three points but
3: it's going to be an incredibly difficult game but Ramsey being captain, I think it might be the difference and we might get all three fingers crossed
0: fingers crossed the big question of course is are we all enjoying Prague as I say we've been enjoying £1 beers I could see some some smiles across the uh, across the room from us I think it's a cracking little city isn't it great city uh, great people uh, great beer so far Great people Based on nothing at all
3: So I'm a big fan of the beer prices yeah. Having a great time Everyone's very friendly It's amazing how many Of the Czech bars Don't really understand There's a football game Going on on Friday <laughs> though if I'm, if I'm honest This bar With the male Welsh fans in here Is great And I'm just going to Have a good time Look forward to the match tomorrow
0: Yeah I think it's going to be A lot of fun I think From the people we've Kind of seen around And about the place today There's going to be A decent Welsh contingent I know there's more people Coming in tonight I'm going to put you on the spot, lads, a day ahead of time, because I know if I ask you this question tomorrow, we have even more beers that our answers may differ. Not what you want, but what you think. What do you think the score will be tomorrow? Owen Porter, I'm going to you first. Oh,
2: massively on the spot. Tomorrow?
3: Uh, you
2: see, massively on the spot. <laughs> I told you.
3: I, I told you I was going to do this ten minutes ago. Not the
2: score, though. Two-one uh, Wales.
3: Two-one Wales. I mean, you face me. One-all are going for. I don't think we'll be good enough to get to keep them out, but I think we'll definitely score.
0: Yeah, I'm going one-all as well. So, big day tomorrow. That's We're all. looking forward to it. Come on, Wales. <laughs> So here we are in the Prague main square. The day of the game. Very much looking forward to the game. Obviously with the two boys again, Paul and Oz. Ows, how are we feeling? Are we nervous yet? Oh yeah. I think
2: uh, a few hours before the game the nerves are kicking. But for now, um,
0: yeah, enjoy the atmosphere and enjoy the build-up. Yeah, nerves a little bit. What about you, Paul? You uh, are you nervy or just excited?
3: More excited than nervous. Just yeah, a lot more Wales fans here now, and the atmosphere is building every hour more Wales fans pile in and the beers keep flowing so it should be a good night
0: yeah I think so it should be a good day I do, I'm same as you I'm not sure I'm nervous I think I'm just excited about the whole situation for now as well like you say the atmosphere is building uh, we met some nice people as well which has been great uh, obviously looking forward to the game obviously we haven't got any team news yet to look forward to but Obviously, there's certain players we're all interested to see. Your Rams your uh, your Allens, etc. But is there one other that you uh, you really hope gets the nod tonight? I don't know. For me, I I'm gonna go easy
2: option. It will be great to see Ramsey back in the Wales shirt, and he's he's key. Without Bale, he's he's got it all on his shoulders. So I want to see him form and star I think it's too easy to pick one of the others one of the, the promising lads and say I'm, I'm, I'm too much pressure on them
0: I mean Tom answers that question when I specifically said don't mention Ramsey or Alan but there you go Carl what about you I feel quite differently I
3: I want one of the ex- I want Brennan Johnson to play more minutes the better he's just so exciting so direct he's in the same way that DJ can be a lot, not his not through his own doing but Johnson team when he plays it seems like he's a lot more free or whether he's given that role by Paige or not I don't know but he makes things happen and I think that's what a special will need tonight up front
0: No I agree that's a great shout for me I think it, it'd be, it's so important to see Joe Rodden playing for Wales again like I think he's going to be a key player for us in, for the rest of this campaign now he seems to be at least back to fitness so that's the one I really want to see starting tonight obviously there's others you know your are of the world uh, but yeah, either way, just excited, looking forward to the game and uh, looking forward to the team sheet coming out later. Come on, Wales. So we are on our way to the match. We found a nice little bar, uh, going to get the tram up in a bit. Uh, had a cracky little afternoon, to be fair, with the boys. Uh, chatting to a few people, chatting to Laura Macallas. just been a, a very good time. Uh, the team's just been announced, 3-5-2. Uh, in, interesting change of shape. My first question to you, Colin, is, are we playing to play on the break, do you think, or are we playing to play for a draw? I mean, my immediate med- thought was a draw,
3: but I, I really don't see how we. Again, the way I read it is that there's going to be two up front with Moore and James, and I appreciate James has got to energise a battery, he'll run all day, but... I still don't want to see how the formation works but then there's a reason I'm standing by with you I'm not <laughs> Rob Page making managerial decisions fingers crossed we play and maybe if he's playing for a point I would still take a point now so
0: yeah. again the proofs in the pudding we'll Next see at the done. end of the game love a cliche uh, speaking of Rob Page and bald men Owen Porter uh, we're over to you hola uh, <laughs> What, as, a, as a fellow bald man, what is your thoughts on the formation?
2: Tenuous link, uh, Tenuous. I think good. Um, okay. Worth a laugh. I think it goes against what Rob Page has said, but I think it works that we need to be flexible in our approach.
0: Uh, as do, you th- do you think uh, that DJ and, and more up front is a, a sensible thing? But do you think DJ maybe has been given a bit of a free role? and it's basically as many people as we can when we have the ball get the ball to Kiefer and hope he can score like is that probably maybe what the outcome we're looking for is big man little man yeah, maybe, maybe get the
2: knockdowns yeah um and also yeah as you said it becomes more of a a three and then well one up top rather than two up top yeah um, another's floating if you will yeah I think the important thing is we've got to be as compact as we can at the back because that's almost become a weakness now
0: um and yeah, use DJ's pace. I'm going to say something controversial here, chaps. Super. As we are several beers into our day, I think if we keep a clean sheet, we win this one. now. It's, it's a possible. big, it's a big if. I think we will score tonight. I do think we will score tonight.
3: Absolutely. I agree. I think if we do keep a clean sheet, then it's likely to we score one. Well. I wonder if it's if Rob Page is thinking if we get the ball, Amplitude pushes up, and we yeah. move, and we move tactically. Only during play, not for the whole yeah, say, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. whole half. On the ball. moves up and then everyone shifts about a bit and then DJ say goes left. Ramsey maybe goes right or works around. Maybe people have got a free roll. Maybe this and is more a flexible. New, a new team where we are gonna start knocking the ball around and people float out in and out of positions would be amazing. What well, Amps acts as a sweeper. Yeah. When he gets the ball moves up because he's easy the best passer out the back.
0: Six. Yeah, true. So, so him on the wall is more important than eight. So now we know what we know, line-up. Yesterday, we talked about prediction. You and me both said 1-1. One, one. You said 2-1 Wales. I did say 2 one, one. Now we know what we know. Are you sticking with 2-1 Wales?
2: I, unlike you, I don't see us keeping a clean sheet. Um So... I know boo. Uh, so I'm going to stick with my positive 2-1 okay and you
0: sticking with 1-1 one one?
3: no and that's because I've had 7 beers <laughs> and I'm going to go 1-0 Wales I think with I'm hoping that we'll stay as come as possible with that. that that back line is easily capable of holding a yeah uh, I agree. Some, I agree. and I agree. Uh, keeping a shutout and that's fine and I think we have got enough alright I'm not saying we'll put 46 passes together and then stroke it stroke into the back of the net why? I mean I've seen Actually, Wales sorry, before. I've ruined this myself <laughs> but I do think we're good enough to keep a clean sheet but as I was saying has become a bit of a weakness but I do think we are more than capable of doing it and I do think we'll score so I'm going to change it to
0: 1-0 yeah I, I, I agree I think, I think we'll score and I think we'll keep a clean sheet I think it's either going to be 0-0 nil, nil, or 1-0 I, in fact I'm now really going to sit on the fence I'm going to say 0-0 nil, nil, or 1-0 I think whoever scores the first goal wins ...to fully absolve myself of blame well, for this We also situation. don't know what the checks like this. I mean, we, we probably could figure that out if we wanted to. I probably should have done that before we started recording. But, but yeah, sort of. Played our own game. Played our own yeah, checks, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not <laughs> Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. A yeah, full U-turn from two draws and a win. We're now at three wins, sort of. Well... That's what I'll call duty. Exactly. So it's going to be a fun game. We're looking forward to it. I would describe it as a chilly evening. Um, the beer jackets will keep us warm but we're looking forward to the match we're going to get on a tram after we finish these get to the match and we will give some post-match reaction Viva Gareth Mill 1-0 Wales Half time in the match lads uh, obviously 1-1 Ramsey scored give away what I think is a bit of a sloppy goal afterwards Paul overall what are you saying I think are we, a, are we the better team what do you think I wouldn't say we're the better team but I wouldn't say I think it's even
3: we're, they're all over the place at the back and I just feel like one ball to DJ over the top even Ramsey at this point and we're in and we just got to take a chance more either, more probably maybe a better, from this angle I had a better chance than Ramsey did when he scored yeah. so I hope I'm not, there's goals in it for us but conversely when we're defending you can see the frustration between Roden and Mepham and Ramsey on this side they're like, more and more frustrated with each other like they don't really know what they're supposed to be set up like at the back
0: I uh, no. I mean obviously the big one for me is I think they look like Paul said they look loose at the back there's definitely goals for us here but obviously it requires us keeping it tight at the back in the second half as well do you think we can do that? Well if you remember my earlier comments it was very
2: sceptical as to say whether we could obviously everyone's watching the game anyway we score and then we can see within about a minute fucking shocking like, all you've got to do is keep it tight for 10 minutes yeah. take the game to them in answer to your question I don't know
0: best best form of defence is attack right? if we can keep going at them let's fucking do it right well apologies for the language ladies and gentlemen um, I uh, obviously great cliches there to finish the half time chat uh, attack is the best form of defence so uh, by that standard we're going to win the second half 3-1 up the Welsh Post-match uh, we found a, what I would describe as a sweaty pub on the way on the walk home. Uh, finished 2-2 obviously, enjoyed the game. Obviously the, the result we would have taken beforehand I think. But in the context of the game-o's I think uh, it was, it was maybe, maybe two points dropped to an extent. Yeah, I, I
2: could say, I could disagree with you on that. Um, Two goalkeeping issues. Yeah, I mean, we'll obviously have to look look at look at it back because we obviously haven't seen the refills. But yeah, obviously we we're talking beforehand about uh, what's it back. But yeah, uh, second half were phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal atmosphere. I thought we were. I, I thought, given given the first half, I thought we came out. The, the goal didn't help the at the second half but um, apart from that we were by far the better side Would you agree Colin that we were quotes, phenomenal I think phenomenal is a bit
3: strong but it's easily the best performance we've put in in a long time and I think a lot of credit is going to be given to Page because every change and decision he made impacted the team in a positive way more than it has in recently and while it is disappointing And I do think it's two points dropped now, post-game, given the way that the match turned out. Still, it's positive, I guess, but it's so frustrating. It is really frustrating, but...
0: A great away, day. Yeah, we have had a good time, to be fair. I think that's the one thing I would say. Obviously, having been critical of Paige of late, I think he did everything he could to win that game today. Um, and he deserves massive credit for that. Really went for it. I don't even know what formation or situation or system we were playing at the end, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that they had a really good go at it. Um, yeah, like you say, really enjoyable day. I think obviously two two unfortunate goals conceded. I don't think either particularly good defending, but goes to show what we're really capable of if we kind of put a good run together. We'd like to think that going on to the game on Monday now, which is another must-win, really, that we're in every you know we've got every chance to do that in a really
2: strong position. Also. yeah. I uh, didn't think you were coming back to me, but good. Um, there you go. Hurry up. I think he's got to stick with the same team. Uh, and then as I said in our earlier comments go for it go for it so
0: Colin last question of the night for you before we uh, go and continue drinking cheap strong continental lager What's going to happen on Monday? Are we going to win on Monday?
3: If we play the same team and we pick ourselves up, because I I 100% believe those lads are be disappointed now with our change room after the game. But if we play like that on Monday, we'll win 3-0, which is important because it it puts us ahead and also goal difference will be massive. So I think we'll do it. I think it'll be 3-0.
0: The uh, best thing about this is that we've obviously recorded this ahead of time and this will go out on the podcast after the results so one will lead straight into the other so I'm excited to see how this pans out 3-0 win for Wales is probably what happens on Monday uh, by the time you're listening to this so uh, yeah we're off to celebrate enjoy the rest of the evening North Star. Um, so there we are that was the uh, the story of the day from three progressively drunk Welsh people that very much enjoyed themselves um, obviously you know we, we talked there about the the lineup and the formation and the setup that was my first question, really. Ruth, is is what did you think of the three five two as it kind of was it was it was trying to be and uh, and how it kind of fitted into the circumstance?
1: I, th- I think, uh, well, ultimately, it sort of worked out, but perhaps a bit bit more by accident than design. Um, the the fact that Ramsey can impact a game when he's playing, and I think everything everything hinges on that. Are you putting him in a position where he can impact the game? And then once you've established that, I think the little bit of support that comes from having a sort of 3-5-2 approach gives him a little more sort of independence and less of a I mean there were there were points in the game where he, he made some defensive uh, important defensive plays but just get, just sort of takes that onus off him and lets him concentrate on what he can bring going forward and so from that point of view I think that setup is perhaps the best one for him and in a game where we were going to be very, very reliant on him. I think that that now looking back probably was the best setup for that particular game.
0: Yeah, I think the other thing to go with that as well is that I think it enabled us to play on the break really effectively because it utilised Ramsey at the same time. I think if we were set up in a slightly mm-hmm. different way I don't think it utilizes him to play the way that we needed to play as well do you know what I mean it was kind of a, a double pronged thing and we were kind of sat chatting away as you could hear there kind of you know I was really happy with the lineup and and the team that we that we got I think it was the right way to set up I think I've been critical of Rob Page recently so I think it's only fair that I kind of give him credit when he deserves it as well. And I think he does deserve credit for making what was what I thought was an astute decision, one that I didn't necessarily think he'd make, but certainly one that he did make. And I think it definitely paid dividends. You could see how effective we were on the counter-attack, for example, from the word go. Yeah, because on
1: paper, it looked a very defensive team. I mean, I think... I think we might even have messaged each other saying, you know, does this look like we're going for a draw? And it was anything but actually, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, we looked we looked so much more on the front foot in that game, actually, than we did in the Estonia game. And and on paper the the two lineups are the other way round. You'd you'd have expected us to be more on the front foot with the lineup as it was set up for Estonia actually just just as a paper exercise so I think it was interesting that we went in with the solidity that we did in the Czech game yet we're able to play such attacking football
0: too yeah, I agree. And I mean, it, it, you know, from the in- offset, it didn't necessarily seem to pay dividends in the sense that the Czechs kind of came out relatively hard and and started to, I don't want to say dominate the game. So it wasn't dominate. They had more of the ball than us. I mean, the, the counter-attack was definitely what we were looking for even in those early stages. But the thing I thought was interesting about the Czechs, all night really, but particularly at the start, was they had a lot of possession, a lot of ball, passed some, you know, had some nice little moves built up, but it never actually really came to anything. And even the save that Danny, Moore, Danny Ward made quite early doors I feel like that was the only thing like the only genuine save he had to make really in the whole in the whole game they didn't kind of threaten us at all and that was their best spell and even the save he made there I'd describe as quite uh, run of the mill really just kind of something he had to deal with rather than it being a magnificent save and, and I think from there we really grew into the game then
1: I think we did really well at sort of blocking them from coming up the, the middle of the field and forcing them wide and forcing them into positions that were perhaps were less comfortable for them. Um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I, for example, the attack that led to their second goal, and we'll, t- we'll talk about that, I'm, I'm sure, but we disrupted that play in the centre of the field. Ramsey took the ball. At from them in the centre of the field. And I think that's an example of what we were doing most of the most of the game in terms of forcing them into positions they didn't want to be.
0: Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think, oddly, it kind of obviously led to that first goal in a bizarre way, but I, I think that was more by luck than design. Um, I mean, let's start looking at our goal. We've mentioned a couple of times the break and the counter-attack and how effective we were at that obviously before we got to our goal we had a great counter attacking opportunity where dan james is sprung and we're left 2 on 1 and he kind of feeds keyfer more i mean if i was going to have one criticism criticism sorry of the day and of the game then i would say that we did waste chances um we yeah had... i think
1: that's that's an obvious example actually isn't it when they were through 2 on 1 should have done far better
0: with it. there's a, there's a moment in in uh in the build up to it where He's done everything right. He's drawn the defender in and all he has to do is play it square. It doesn't need to be a clever ball. He just needs to play it square. And he takes two more touches to draw the defender in even more, which kind of slows everything down, allows one more person to get back. And then it's obvious what he's going to do. So the keeper can read that really, really easily and kind of comes off his line. It's not a great ball to for Moore, who kind of has to stretch for it a little bit. Hit Moore in himself should probably do better, but that situation... Um, you know, should have been uh, should have been a goal, and I and I feel like as as great as James was, that final pass and that how how long it took him to delay it really affected the situation.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, there's, I think it's an example, perhaps, of the two of them suddenly sort of operating as a striking partnership as a pair, um, and just that just needing the confidence in each other at that. Point
0: point. Yeah it was an understanding thing as well I thought like, mm-hmm. they, 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 you know, obviously you don't practice that situation per se but it was definitely a case of we don't really know what like, when this is going to happen, when the pass yeah. is going to happen, where should I go, what should I do but with all of that said obviously uh, we did finally get the goal I thought by that point we deserved I think about half an hour into the match I think we started playing so so well on the break, really had really looked a threat and the checks are starting to not throw so many players forwards as a consequence because we looked such a threat on the break but still fantastic kind of switch of play out to the right hand side great ball across that Dan James nearly gets to and of course then the ball comes to Aaron Ramsey and I I thought he was going to hit that first time and when he didn't there was definitely from around me like a big shout of oh my god like what are you doing sort of thing (laughs) and obviously we should have known um, fantastic kind of composure to sit the keeper down and the defender on the line and it looks at that point like it's an easy finish but you actually look at the angle from behind Ramsey he kind of guides the ball between two defenders and at a height where they can't head it they can't kick it, it it's, it's impossible it is I cannot explain to you how good a finish I think that is because yes you know you've got a relatively empty net but the, to sit everyone down and the precision to kind of Put the ball in an unstoppable situation for everyone around you. I just thought was absolutely superb and worth his weight in gold.
1: Yeah, I think um, the the point you make about the height of the ball is is interesting because under normal sense circumstances, it's at a height you would be telling a player not to strike for goal because it's a, usually that's an that's an easy height for a goalkeeper, isn't that? That kind of waist level shot. Yeah, um, and so to very consciously steer it, as you say, at that position where it's hard for the the two um, the two defenders that are there on the line to deal with. Uh, I also like the way he kind of I think he sort of almost sells them a dummy with the way that he leans and his arm goes out, which yeah. makes it look like yeah. he's counterbalancing himself for an early shot. Um, and then, of, and then of course he can, you know, he can, he can, he controls it and slows it down, and then, and then, positions the shot very carefully. From that, yeah. he also started that break. So for someone who, you know, we are very conscious of his of his injury situation. So I think the fact that he was moving as freely and as at the pace that he was in friday's game was encouraging as well because he you know he went the full length of the field for that break
0: certainly not the actions of a man who quote, doesn't care about playing for wales i thought what (laughs) the the biggest load of bollocks (laughs) i've seen the the biggest load of bollocks i've seen in the last few weeks um obviously the the goal's fantastic i've got to tell you that the celebration in the away end was just absolutely amazing because it was obviously at the opposite end of the ground to us. There was this moment when he's mm-hmm. hit the ball and you're just like, I, has, it, has it gone in? I I don't know. And there was that kind of moment which you don't, which I you, I love seeing when you see it on videos where the I feel like the away end went completely silent because you're just like, he struck the ball and that moment between it hitting the back of the net and leaving his foot, you just didn't really know what was going to happen. And all of a sudden you just see the side net kind of ripple and everyone just went absolutely bananas i still don't know who but i started hugging my mate and someone from behind me just grabbed me and was just jumping about just lifting me up in the air like i was some kind of toddler and i turned around and they were gone i don't know who it was but it, <laughs> if that if that was you thank you um it was just an amazing th- thing and the noise was incredible but i've got i've got i've got to tell you something if you want to go back to listen to the clips that i shared at the start Um, I recorded the Aaron Ramsey baby song just after we'd scored, and then I kind of shouted into my phone, 1-0 Wales. And if you listen very carefully, you can hear the shouts of come on, or whatever the check for come on is, because by the time I'd done that, pressed stop on my phone and put my phone away, I looked back up and the board had been crossed in, and the checks have equalised straight away. So if you go back and listen to that clip, uh, you will hear... Uh, the Czech Republic build up to them scoring. It's about ten seconds before the ball actually goes in for them, which is less than ideal. But uh, in that moment, it was uh, it was fantastic. Before we kind of talk about their goal, I just wanted to talk about the timing of it and and and, and how it came about. Because I do feel like for as good as we played and everything else, the excitement of everything maybe got to us a little bit there. And I feel like if we if they don't score there, I feel like the game hinges and changes very very quickly and i wouldn't be surprised to kind of see us you know leave with quite a comfortable win maybe two nil in the end because they didn't look they were they they were threatening much they didn't create much even the goal itself didn't create much i felt like the timing of it really took the momentum and the wind out of our sails a bit
1: oh undoubtedly i mean you you the cliche about being vulnerable just after you scored is a is a cliche for a reason there's you know there's there's a Big pool of evidence that you that you are as a team vulnerable. That you you know you take your eye off the proverbial ball as it were. Um, I mean, whether it would have had as much impact on the game, the timing of of them scoring, I I I'm not sure. I agree with that necessarily. Um, but we did end up kind of losing momentum for the rest of the half, didn't we? Like we we were we were the team looking for half time. Whereas a few minutes earlier we, you know, we were on top of the game, and so I think it, it did have a, an impact, obviously on the scoreline. But I, I, I agree with you; I think it did have a psychological impact as well, at least for the remainder of uh, of that half. And then, if, then of course, you know, things didn't start well in the second half either. So, yeah. um, but looking at the first goal, um, I mean, how how do you feel about Ward's sort of Harry and and clear in terms of, of of his play with within that within that goal.
0: I've got to be honest. Straight away, I turned round and said, "Keepers had a mare there," and I've looked it back at it a couple of times. And the, to me, it just looks like. And I know we say this all the time, and it's no one's fault. And I'm certainly not advocating for ward to be dropped or anything like that. But again, it was the circumstance, I thought, where it looked like two people who hadn't been playing for a while were left to deal with a tricky situation and and just didn't quite know how to have the game management to do it. I think as the ball comes across, all Nico Williams needs to do is shout his ball or my ball or leave it or something like that. The ball runs straight through to him. He can take a touch and clear it and and there's no danger. There's no one kind of loitering at the back post. The only reason that goes to someone is because the keeper palms it straight out to him. And Again, I'm no goalkeeper, but I feel like you're constantly told that is that is the danger area. You do not palm the ball that direction. So I, I don't know whether he could kind of push it away more, whether the speed of it has come at him quite quickly and I'm being a bit harsh, but uh, through by hook or by crook, I can't help but feel that the keeper and and Nico between them have, have not really dealt with that situation very well at all. It's It's definitely a poor goal to concede. Do you think part of that
1: might have been Nico playing on the left, and just, just perhaps not, like instinctively having the confidence to make those shouts that he that he might have if he was in a more familiar position.
0: I think maybe it could do with his positioning, but I would also say it's more to do with the fact that he's not used to playing regularly. I think your game management, if you like, in that situation should just take over. Um, again, I, I don't. I still don't think it's Nico's fault. If I'm pointing fingers at anyone, I, I pointed at Ward. I don't think it's a hard save in inverted commas to make. I think he's made the wrong decision to palm it where he palms it. I, you know, I, I, do, I feel like the keeper could do better there. If I'm if I'm pointing at anyone, I think it's the keeper, not Nico. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, um, I,
1: th- I think I'm with you. I think I, I feel it's more Ward's responsibility than. Than Nico Williams, but but I think also there's a collective. um, Goes back to what we were saying a little, just a few minutes ago about just being being attentive in those points. Well, you've got to be attentive throughout the game, but really being attentive in those points where you know that the psychol, like just human psychology, tends to take your eyes tend to wander. So, just I think there is a responsibility on players collectively as a group to know okay right patterns of play are that you would become vulnerable after you've scored what are we going to do about this and I think there's there's a sort of collective responsibility to be closing down to you know to take the wind out of their sails to just to not put yourselves in a position where it, come, it comes to a discussion about whether the goal they should be parrying
0: away is sharp or not true and I will add to that that I, I do think that the the fact that there was no one else really around to help in that circumstance and that Nico was as narrow as he was is is uh is very symptomatic if you like of the situation that you've described there so i I do very <laughs> much agree with you on that on that front obviously we kind of go in at half time as you say it was a bit of a mixed bag. I think we were probably looking for half time um, more than they were. I wouldn't say they were kind of peppering us by any stretch of the imagination, but it was still quite end to end and we still had kind of half chances to do something. So I do th- kind of feel it was quite even, but of course we come out after the, after the half time break and it's all very, very different very, very quickly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, 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 we all know whose fault that is. So I don't think we kind of need, need to labor that point. There, there's two things that I'm interested in, in your view on. One of them is, and again, it's not Aaron Ramsey's fault, but should Aaron Ramsey just maybe just clear that away? I know that's not his game, but should there not be a kind of safety-first element there?
1: Well, in hindsight, I think it's easy to say, you know, perhaps he should have just hooshed it, but I think he would argue, and I think I would argue, that safety-first was passing it back to the goalkeeper at that point. Maybe it was a touch heavy. Maybe it should have been um, not in line with the goal, but you know, off to the size of the goal. But um, I don't. You know, there was no there was no pressure on anybody at that point. It it should have been dealt with appropriately. And I I I think there's a there's a prime culprit in this, and you know, Ward Ward will have to accept that. Um, I, I think saying that Ramsey should have hoofed it away is is a kind of hindsight approach to to what happens really.
0: I mean, yeah, it is, I I, I guess. And although if he does hoof it away at the time, I'm saying, well, at least you know there's needs we there don't any trouble. So I I do think it's part of that. I mean, I suppose the ultimate thing is my my real bugbear about this, um, and I've noticed I only noticed it because of what happened, but he did it in the Estonia game as well. Danny Ward tries to, rather than kind of move around the ball, which is what he should do, he plants his feet and controls the ball with the outside of his foot, and it just kind of mm-hmm. isn't very good and and kind of pings over him a bit. I just uh, that struck me as really odd and like I say, I noticed he did it in the Estonia game as well. So he obviously does that as as standard, but I just thought that was a really th- really poor thing to way to deal with it. You just have to shuffle your feet two yards to the left, and th- and that doesn't happen. He's under no pressure whatsoever. And it's such a poor goal. And it's such a shame because he's done so well for us. Especially in the Euros. He was outstanding in the Euros. Um, so, you know, I, I, do, I do feel for him in that sense. You know, if a centre-forward misses a chance, everyone mm-hmm. says unlucky. If a, if a goalkeeper makes a mistake like that, it costs a goal. So um, it's, it's obviously a, a big, big shame that it kind of happened in the circumstance that it happened. But I do think that our response to the goal was, was excellent, really.
1: No, I think that's the uh, as poor as our response was to us scoring and allowing them in again at the at, in the first half. I thought how we just sort of pulled our socks up and got on with it in the second half after they scored a second goal was was commendable because it would have been very easy at that point to think like this is just not going for us. You know, that's that, that's, that's a game that we would have lost. You know. Played well but lost three one, in a in a different era. Um, just because we kind of talked ourselves into it not being our night, as it were. Whereas, I think I think one of the signs of how we've grown recently is that coming from behind doesn't feel like it's something we can't do. Um, and I think the the fact and, the, and the, the substitutes play into this and i think Paige warrants some um <clears throat> some applause for the substitutions he made in that game i think the i think the emphasis the defensive emphasis of, of morale and gunter was appropriate and then i think the t- timing of the changes making them as early as 60 minutes bringing on uh, and obviously wilson in particular added immensely to the game but i think the fact that we weren't prepared to sort of hang our heads and just say, oh, it's not our evening. Um, and and just push forward and play. And, and obviously for the last 30 minutes, we were by far the better, better team in that game.
0: I think that's the thing I found most interesting to be perfectly honest, is that we, we were saying in the stands that we need to make changes because we need to be act, like proactive in the game. But by the same token, with a better team, you need to cha- make changes to a team that's losing 2-1 that doesn't really deserve to be losing 2-1. So it was a very, very difficult situation for Page, really, because to all intents and purposes, we should have been 1-0 up in that game and he shouldn't have needed to do it because he had done everything right so far, I thought. So, again, extra credit to him because it's a big gamble at that stage. You, know, you could go on and lose that game 3-4-1, maybe, Because, you know, we did leave ourselves open. But I thought the introduction of Wilson especially was was super effective. I thought Roberts made a big difference coming on uh, where he did on the right side as well. So much more dynamic than Gunter, uh, especially going forward. So I just thought huge credit needs to go to Paige there. Because I think at that stage of the game, quite a lot of... You know, quite a lot of people would have maybe kind of tweaked this and that. And he really went for it. And, and I was really, really impressed by that. And it obviously paid dividends. We had our kind of half chances, uh, but really pressed on in the game. But obviously the the goal itself came from a fabulous bit of play.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, the as you say, the, incl- the inclusion of Wilson is... Um, is undoubtedly what turns that game. Ultimately, though, I don't disagree with your thought, Conor. Roberts had an excellent impact as well. Wilson's feed to James. Um, I, li- I like. Well, I like the composure of both. You can you can see James watching the line very carefully. Um, they both judged it wonderfully. It's just, as you say, just a great goal.
0: It was, and obviously that being in front of the away fans was amazing, just kind of waiting for the ball to, like you could see it was going in, but kind of curling across the keeper and waiting for the net to burst sort of thing was, everyone again just went absolutely bonkers and it was just carnage around. There were a group of lads behind us who fell, I reckon, at least four rows and just kind of, we just saw like this tumble of bodies go past us. How my mate O's did not go down with him, I have absolutely zero idea. It was just chaos. And this one lad in the middle of all these celebrations just turned around to my mate, who hadn't been caught up in their falling over, turned around and went, You right, bud? Um, and uh, I just thought that was just absolutely superb. It really made me laugh. O's was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. I, was just like, I don't think he knew what had happened or how close he'd come to being completely wiped out. It was just kind of confusion and chaos. It was so entertaining. Um, and of course, to add to the entertainment, the VAR call. Now, this is the first time I think I've ever had VAR live in a ground before, and <laughs> it is bad how, as a fan, you have no idea what's going on. And, and I have I've watched things back. I still don't know if that was what the thing was. Was it offside? Was it? Were they looking for a foul in the build-up? I have no idea. You just kind of stood there, and it just pops up. VAR. The refs pointed to his ear. The Czech fans around us are kind of celebrating because they think, here we go, we're on here. Um, and then, of course, the ref kind of puts points to the halfway spot and the Wales fans start celebrating again. But it was a better sort of celebration this time. Rather than celebrating, going crazy, celebrating the goal, everyone's just turning around to the, to the Czech fans who had been giving us grief for 20 seconds. Just turn around to the Czech fans, everyone's giving someone the middle finger. Or, you know, flicking them the Vs or some people kind of half climbing the fences to laugh at them over the fences. It was absolute carnage when the referee said goal again. So it was uh, it was a very entertaining spell, i got to say.
1: It's interesting because watching the players, it was it was clear from James's reaction or at least sort of lack of reaction, lack of celebration that he was considered. And he might have been offside. So I think viewing it as I was, well, it doesn't mean I'm right, but it was kind of fairly clear that it was an offside question. Right. Um, because it was it was clear that James was the one who was uncertain. Um, I think if it had been a foul earlier in the play, you know, presumably he would have been celebrating wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, so so I do think. Um, I, I just I don't think there's an easy way around it for people in the stadia, Dave. I mean, at least at least you're, it's being acknowledged that there's a VAR thing going on. I mean, I know in in some of the the games last year, you didn't even have that much information that there was a, that there was a you know there was that's what the delay was. Um, I I don't see. I th- I think because. When they look at it with bar, they do they look at all of those elements. You know, they look at it initially because are we checking it offside? But having done that, they will look at all of the elements. So I'm not sure it is as clean cut as we like it to be as a process anyway. So then, if they if they if they share with the stadium, well, we're looking at it for this reason, offside. But ultimately, they say, okay, actually, we've decided to do we're changing things because of this reason that we found earlier in the play i think that might just all add to the confusion ironically I,
0: I mean i know what you're saying i just feel like if it at least flash a word up do you know what i mean like i'm not mm-hmm. expecting i think i mean ultimately i think the best thing they could do would be show the video of what they are looking at in the ground as well as they do on the tv because at least you know what you're in for then you know what's coming. You know, whereas, like, if that had been disallowed, for example, I would have had absolutely no idea what it was for, no clue whatsoever. And I feel like that should be the case for people that's in the, that's in the ground. Um, to uh, to kind of to kind of move on a little bit to the to the later stages of the game. I mean, really, we should have won. We had enough half chances. Ramsey's kind of flicked one with the outsider's foot. That's you know, a difficult chance, good height for the keeper, but the big one is really key for more. I feel like he should probably score himself, but it's then very un- unlucky that Ramsey doesn't quite get on the end of it. just bounces at, at the wrong point and he can't get a leg or a knee or a head or a foot or anything on it. It just kind of skips away from him, but very, very close to getting the winner.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the better of the two, as it were, is, is Moore's header itself. Um, it's this, just then unfortunate that because he sort of, it's more of a glancing header than a kind of channeled Heather isn't it and then Ramsey is probably a yard a yard behind it um, I thought later in the game as well there was a um, play between James and Wilson this is probably about I don't know five six minutes later where um, James probably should have fed Wilson yeah. but James takes the shot and James takes the shot it's a bit of an ordinary shot in the end Um, So I thought that was perhaps a chance that we should have taken as as well. Uh, But uh, but I agree. I think the sort of more slash Ramsey one was the the closer.
0: There were moments as well, certainly, where we looked to break forward and that pass always seemed to be delayed by one touch or another. I know exactly what you mean with the Wilson one as well. And that happened a couple of times. But, you know, I think that's part of it being a new partnership and probably not going to be a long-lived one with with Bale presumably coming back into the side. So it was interesting. And, you know, I, I just got to say credit to the boys. There's one person I thought kind of wanted to stand out, especially second half. We've talked about him on the last pod, but I thought Joe Allen was just superb second half especially. I thought... That change where we only had one holder and it was him and he had to kind of do everything suited him. I think sometimes playing with a partner with morale, he doesn't know or they don't know who should go and who should sit and who should pass and who should do whatever. Sometimes that takes that a while to build up. But I think being there on his own was so effective and he was just everywhere second half. I thought I thought Allen was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, for me, Ramsey was the best player on the pitch all night. But in the second half, especially, I thought Joe Allen was fantastic.
1: I thought Joe looked more like him, his old self against across both games. Actually, and when you consider how little play he's had recently, the fact that we got 180 plus minutes out of him across two games and, and 180 good minutes as well, um, I agree. I agree with you. I think um, the switch was also very late in the game. We brought Tyler Roberts on and took rep them off didn't we which i thought was a statement in itself yeah and the the um the the kind of uh solidity that i mean it was only a matter of five ten minutes but the solidity that was then needed in that sort of back core that just held together really well at a time when it would have been, you know that could have backfired on us um and i think Alan the, the the growing sort of connection Ward, Meckham, Rodden, Alan is probably going to be pretty key for us going forward um well, not pretty it will be key for us going forward and I think there's evidence particularly as you say in that second well the last 30 minutes of that second half where um Alan was a bit more of a sort of orchestrator not in the sense of a play orchestrator but an, an organizational orchestrator back there which uh, I think is really placed to his strengths in terms of his understanding of the of the game and his ability to see things we've talked before haven't we about you know how chess players see see moves kind of 10-12 moves ahead I think Al, there's something about how Alan reads the game that That's that's what it says to me. He sees things so much earlier than than most players.
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I totally agree with you. I think... You know his organisational skills are key and you know, as I say, I think Page deserves credit for, for giving him that opportunity I think the boldness to bring Roberts on I thought, again, I, I don't think he did much when he came on, but I thought the boldness to do that to play Zorba Thomas at left back uh, left wing back, and he basically played left wing, uh, I thought was bold and showed us it in his intent that he knew that he needed to get more out of this game than we currently had, and it's ironic really we talk about performances, I had my big rant about that a couple of weeks ago, but you know sometimes you don't get what you deserve and you know i said sometimes you get the performance you don't get the result and that was a case of that obviously you know we'll look at estonia now but that was a case where we got the result and not the performance so you know it's sometimes you know it's not always fair if you like the way it works out um i do just want to say two quick things before we move on to the estonia game if you don't mind ruth um the first one is we i met two people uh, whilst we were away, which I just wanted to mention, I met Sione D'Aved um, from Espedorech, which was lovely. Um, we were kind of walking across the Charles Bridge and uh, and someone came up and said, oh, we were looking for film footage for S4C. I don't think they used it in the end, but um, for, of people walking across the bridge, uh, we you know, would you boys be happy to do that? We were like, yeah, yeah, no problem. He said, oh, have you got a flag? And I was just like, yeah, unfurled my flag. And, said, and it obviously has Coleman had a dream written across the top of it and she just came straight over and she was like ah oh, i know you guys from twitter and i was just like ah oh, amazing um so uh, so that was very enjoyable but my personal highlight but the low light for my friends was we were in the queue to get into the match and i wish i'd asked this guy his name i'm, I'm so annoyed with myself obviously drinking all day does that to you but um kind of had the flag around my neck and uh, he was he just kind of turned around and looked at us and then look, kind of looked back and he went are you on Twitter? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he said, are you the guy from the Coleman Had a Dream podcast? And I was like, yeah, how did you know that? Obviously pissed at this point. And he was just like, well, obviously, you've got a flag with it on at first. But um, I, uh, I saw your picture on Twitter today, and I, and I recognized you. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 that's us. And he was like, oh, I love your podcast. When I do my marathon training, I'm listening to it for ages. And I thought to myself, well, I text you instantly, Ruth. But uh, I thought to myself, it was a good job we do talk to her so much because this poor Sod is bad enough that he's going to bloody uh, marathon training and to make it even harder on him, he's got us two talking absolute nonsense in his ears the whole time. So, uh if you are that person, I wish I'd asked for your name, but if you are that person, please get in touch and let us know because I wanted to say thank you because it kind of made my day, to be honest. The boys were like, oh, I can't believe this has happened to you bastards. And being, you know, recognised <laughs> in the street. I was just like, this is amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so <laughs> so those are the two things I kind of wanted to reference um, before we move on to the Estonia game. Um, well,
1: it makes, me, it makes me think that our waffle might not be so bad if, if it helps this guy with his marathon training or nothing else.
0: Exactly. I, I did think to myself afterwards, actually, maybe he just wants to kind of zone out and go into his own little world. Uh, and, and maybe us talking nonsense about football is how he completely zones out. So I, I'm not sure if that was a two-way street. But anyway, I was uh, I was very grateful, enjoyed that, uh, enjoyed that nevertheless. Um, to look at the Estonia game, I, I mean, with the lineup, I was kind of happy at first because it appeared like it was going to be at the back the way it was kind of worded on online was looked like Ampadu was going to be in midfield um obviously it kind of didn't work out that way we kind of set up with the similar sort of 352 which didn't it didn't seem to quite click again um I was I, personally I was a bit disappointed by that I, I feel like we kind of set up that way more because of the momentum that way ended the previous game with um rather than anything else as in having one person holding a midfield and I thought we were quite. We allowed space for the Estonians. I'm I'm jumping ahead now. In principle, though, I was quite happy with the lineup. I, I'm saying all of these things with hindsight,
1: I suppose. Yeah, I think um, that the one that concerned me, and it still does actually, is is Thomas because it seemed a really big ask to put him in a starting eleven for the first time on on the wrong side, and there were. A number of points in the game where you could see he was far far more comfortable wanting to cut in and use and use his right foot. And I don't think he had a bad game by any means, but I think what was concerning me looking at that 11, particularly was was his involvement. I wonder if it was just that Nico has played so little, and it was perhaps a fitness issue playing starting him for a second game, um, and. And, and, and this is perhaps being, um, not perhaps, this is being unfair to Paige, but I, I, it also smacked of being a little bit lazy somehow, that this was, this was how we finished against the checks and it was going well, therefore we'll just roll them out again. And I, I don't think that's fair from me to Paige, but I can't, can't pretend that isn't what crossed my mind either.
0: Yeah, that was definitely my thing. And I think you take the momentum of the previous game out of it, then all of a sudden that lineup looks very different, which is exactly what happened. We actually started the game relatively well, I thought. I don't want to get into a huge tactical debate again, only because I think we've done that before. But the irony is then that I do think we did start the game quite well. We were sort of more in control and we were attacking and kind of... We didn't create a lot necessarily, but we were kind of at them. And I think that was... Demonstrated by this, the number of cynical fouls that got given away in the first few minutes. Although they did have a good chance, Pay um, Ward did make a good chance uh, save. Sorry, in the first in the first few minutes as well. So it wasn't all our own way, but generally speaking, I do think it kind of worked in the opening portion of the game, where we kind of, I don't want to say took to the game, took the game to them, but definitely carried a threat. Yeah, I mean, um, we
1: have we. As you say, we had a number of good chances within the first. I thought they were the best team for the very opening of the game, but then, sort of five, ten minutes in, we, we became the better team, and probably for the next twenty minutes, were were the better team. Um, the goal, I mean, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> for as for as nice as the uh, nice as the goals were in the previous game, this was, you know. I think with the form that Moore's in, I think the any goal he scored was probably going to be of this of this type. Um, just glad to see him getting on the on the score sheet. Uh, I think what concerned me about that first half was it was another example of the opposition making a change and us not really responding. Um, about 25 minutes in, the Zenyov was pushed a bit further up and they started to play a little bit more as, a, as, a, as a, a partnership strike force. And I don't think we responded to that. And I think that was one of the key reasons why they then started to come into the game a bit more in the, in, towards the end of the first half.
0: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, for me, it wasn't so much him pushing up as, as the two, although that was definitely part of it. I think it was also the fact that it took other people with them. They felt like they had to push up mm-hmm. a, a little bit more, and it actually worked. And as a consequence, they had three central midfielders that were very central, kind of weren't floating, whereas we have three in... Ramsey Wilson and Allen who did have that kind of floaty aspect to it and there were points where Allen was completely overrun and Ampadu was actually pushing out into midfield and maybe that was the plan Um, but even if it was we were still kind of two on three on two at times in that midfield area so I think it was that switch but it was the impact that it had on the the other players as well that kind of took them with them um, is what I thought kind of generated some sort of momentum for them I mean just one last thing on the goal, just Ramsey's persistence to win that header just before Moore mm-hmm. kind of flicks it in, I thought was fantastic. Again, I, I don't think Ramsey had his one of his better games. I think it showed that he'd not played for a few weeks and was clearly kind of not fully match fit. Um, because he did look a bit jaded, as did as did a few of our players. But I just wanted to kind of reference his header there. Um the the other thing, I suppose, the most notable talking point of that first half is is Harry Wilson kind of playing that back pass or whatever you want to call it kind of across his own box. And we were kind of very lucky that they didn't get an equalizer out of that really.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, well, yes, we were very lucky. um, and Rodden ends up with a surprising amount of time on, on the line, doesn't he? So, um, I think all in all, the whole, the whole, whatever it was, 15 seconds just very much went away. Um, You'd hope there's some lessons learned there in terms of being a little bit more careful with the ball. But that wasn't the only example of us being careless with uh, with possession um, in that, that game. It was perhaps just the most obvious.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree. And, and that's what I was going to say. actually You talk about lessons learned. We didn't even do that later in the game. There was a moment in the second half, just carelessness and, and again, people not being match ready. Where I think Mapam and Joe Rodden in the second half have both gone for the same ball, and they've just flicked it on to the to the Estonian centre forward, who who probably should do better. And I know we're jumping about a bit here, but I think that was an example of carelessness in a in a slightly different way, kind of both on the ball and off the ball, and in terms of communication and everything else. I thought, I think careless is a, is a perfect word to describe our performance of, for, for the last sixty minutes of the match. Really, after we scored
1: onwards. I can't I can't disagree I think we um, we just looked well we looked leggy some players looked leggy we looked a little bit devoid of ideas um, as I was saying at, at the start of the part that the irony for me was we you know we, we were playing the more attacking football with the apparently more defensive, for uh, formation and, and personnel, um, at times in the Czech game, and and what you would hope to have seen offensively in the Estonia game never really came to fruition. Um, and I think I think that that sort of cycles us back to the discussion we've had a number of times about just like what are we trying to be? What what are what are we trying to achieve and how and like, who are we as a team? And I, I don't, I don't want to run down the fact that being sort of um, flexible isn't an asset. I think it's an asset. I think it's important that we can adjust, adjust things. I just don't think we found the consistency a sort of bedrock to to adjust from, um, and I know I'm I'm speaking in more general terms here than the Estonia game, but I, I think we're still uh, floundering a little, and a lot of that is um, it's unfortunate because you, player um, player injuries, player club playing time, all of that comes into play, and I I think I think it's it would have been hard for anybody to have, have found that uh, sort of baseline for us.
0: Yeah, I, but I
1: still don't. I still don't think we're there.
0: I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? I was thinking about this. I part of me thinks yes. Rob Page needs to take some responsibility again. I don't think it was good enough. I think we're unbalanced, and some of that is due to decisions he made. Like you mentioned, you mentioned Thomas coming in there, and I don't think Thomas had a particularly good game uh, not his fault I think a lot of his play and us being unbalanced was partly because he was quite deep because I felt like he didn't want to get um, shown up for caught one of out. a better expression caught out that's exactly it um, and I think that showed because he was deeper and deeper and our back line was very very uh, and unbalanced as a consequence of that and I think that had a knock on to people around it and it's not Zorba Thomas's fault, I'm not saying it is I don't think he should have been playing there um, but I think there's some stuff that I do think Paige can't help and I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because I slagged him off for an hour and a half or whatever it was the last time we did a podcast but I think my ultimate crux, the ultimate issue here is is that Every time we play, at the minute, he's having to do something different because of people who aren't there. For example, if Bale's there, I don't think we play this way because I don't think Bale fits in this team. And if he play in the three-five-two type way. Because if he does, he either plays up front, which means you drop in Dan James, which we're not going to do. Or you drop Gareth Bale, which we're not going to do. Or you play him at fullback, realistically, which again, you're not going to do. So... I, I think in this instance, he kind of didn't have... It was actually quite a brave choice. It didn't work in the second game, and I think that's due to fitness and a collection of other issues. And you're right, there were tactical tweaks going on in the game which we didn't react to, and I, that's still an ongoing problem. But, for example, now, we have to change again, because Bale, let's say, for argument's sake, Bale comes back. more misses the, Be- the Belarus game because he picked up the yellow cards, and again, we'll come to that in a sec. But then... We go into that Belarus game. We need to change a system again because Bale and Moore might be missing. Maybe Bale will be back. We can't play that same way again. Is Bale and James going to play up front together? I like maybe, but I, I doubt that. Then Moore comes back for the Belgium game, and Bale and Moore and Ramsey and Wilson and da 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 are all fit. So then we we have to miss drop a couple of those players. Well, are you dropping Ramsey? Are you dropping James? Are you dropping Moore? Are you dropping Bale? Realistically, none of those. So we change shape again. Some of that is his fault in that we haven't kind of set up um, a plan A for ourselves. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before. That was a pre-existing problem, if you like, before Page took over. But I think there are some issues that are beyond his control within it, just a little bit. I still don't think he makes all the right decisions. I thought the lack of balance, for example, last night is a perfect example. But I think in general, there are you know, around this window at least, mitigating factors as to why we did what we did and why we haven't got a plan A, in inverted commas.
1: I, d- I don't disagree with that. I think part of the issue is that the, the goalposts seem to switch it. I was going to say it every window, but they switch it every game because of yellow cards or entry or player fitness. Um, and so you never quite know what you're dealing with, and I can appreciate how that's very difficult. But I'm still concerned that we don't seem to be getting close to that. I realize it's not going to be perfect and I realize it's going to be adaptable but I'm not, I'm not sure we're making that journey towards our plan A. It, it just seems to be a little scattergun, like the like the the results are happening more by accident than design, and I know I'm being really harsh with that. Um, I mean, but but you know, equally on. equally, it's the result. The results speak for themselves. The results are good. You know, we've we've however what is it? The last two World Cup qualifying campaigns, we lost that game against Ireland, we lost the game against Belgium. Otherwise, we haven't been beaten in this campaign and the last and the I, you know it's it's very difficult to you know we have I think I think sometimes we we just need a, a kind of you know smell insults to to remind ourselves what a good position we're in and the fact that we're you know we're we're nuancing results here to try and get a home playoff place as opposed to an away playoff place now we're going to have a playoff place, so I think that we have to be sort of conscious of what a good environment this is, what a productive environment this is. But I don't think that should stop us having aspirations for it to be better.
0: I think that's my that's a perfect way to say it. That I, I think there is a line there where I don't want to say the luck runs out because that, that, that's that's harsh because it's not we've not been lucky. But the Estonia home game being an example of that, where we didn't have enough to do what we needed to do. And I would even argue we were lucky last night. I thought Belarus and Estonia were the better team. And, And it does worry me moving forward that we've got this Nations League place as a kind of backup. And, you know, okay, we get the playoff place, cool. But then, you know, given these performances against some of these teams... Are we backing ourselves to go into that playoff game with our, with our with a great chance of, of winning? If we if we this is how we play every other time we play, and again
1: no no because we can't we can't even if we get through the first game we can't string two games together,
0: and and again is you know all of that isn't Page's fault sometimes, but I I do he needs to take responsibility for some of it I think is is ultimately the the long and short of it, and um, I do just want to move on just very quickly before we 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 look to to look at the bigger picture a little bit the the yellow cards I mentioned Kiefer Moore there missing obviously the next game desperately unlucky I mean he seems to have been booked for, for being good in the air which I, and I know is a bit a you know a bit of a mistake but you know the 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 way the referee dealt out cards was absolutely unbelievable I think they only picked up one more booking than us during that game. And there was a solid amount of physical assault going on. <laughs> like, Kiefer Moore was mm. running around with a bloody nose. How that player got booked, and, and again, I obviously there was a the foul in the build-up towards it, it seemed. I don't really know. But it, how that what didn't result in something more severe or a VAR check or something. I mean, he's fully looked at him, turned the other way, and then swung his arm. I couldn't believe it. It was a penalty in my eyes. I mean, maybe I'm a bit generous there, but I couldn't believe it. I mean, the first two minutes... I think in the first four minutes, sorry, they'd given away four absolutely awful fouls and no bookings. Kiefer Moore's jumped bigger than someone else and gets booked. I mean, I thought I thought the referee was absolutely appalling last night. I don't, I don't think it was great in the Czech Republic game, if I'm honest, but I thought the ref last night was absolutely diabolical.
1: I thought the yellow card situation is really interesting because um, I, I agree with you. I think Kiefer Moore ultimately ends up being booked for just being... Bigger than people. Um, His post-game interview was really interesting because he had every right to be cheesed off. And bless him, he was biting his tongue. And it was, you know, it was was all. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do the other. He's he's clearly internalising this as much as he can and trying to adjust his his play and realising that international referees have very low low tolerance, but he can't change the fact that he's what is it six 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 seven. Um, there's absolutely nothing he can do about that. And I think um, I think there there is a bit of uh, uh, penalising him just because of his size. Unfortunately, the the referee was incredibly inconsistent yesterday. Um, there was a point where I think it was when he finally gave um, Kate El a yellow card was he literally, you could see him with his fingers going, one, two, three, this is your third time and now I'm giving you a yellow card. And it was like, why why does this player get a kind of three strikes and you get your yellow card, and yet someone else is penalised on the first instance? So there was that sort of inconsistency. And, And then there's also inconsistency from one game to the next. And I think the problem with the nature of these qualifiers is that two yellow cards in such a limited run of a run of games can have a big impact and I think if referee A is being making very different decisions than referee B people can be disproportionately affected teams can be disproportionately affected so I I don't think it's just a matter of referees being consistent within games I think there needs to be some addressing of referees being consistent across games because their actions have disproportionate consequences because of the very limited number of games involved.
0: I think the hardest thing... I mean, I i, I don't disagree. I, I think the hardest thing with that is that's almost impossible to actually put into practice given the amount, given the football that they deal with domestically and what their domestic expectations are. To expect someone to change that dramatically, to fall in line with people from... All over the world, all over Europe. Sorry for for two games and then go back I, I, it's, it's nearly impossible. Uh, the only th- is the consistency within games. I think that's the thing for me because I. I well, that's the place to start. Obviously. Yeah, I, I
1: just that's can't I, start.
0: I can't abide that. I, I just cannot abide. Like as I say, I thought both refs were poor, and it, it, I feel like we say it a lot, but I, you know, if giving fouls for things that weren't fouls and, and vice versa as well. I, I just thought he was terrible. Um, to to look at the. The kind of bigger picture, if you like, we're now obviously in a situation where we need to get four points if we want a home qualifier from these last two games. Well, no, games. But
1: even that even that wouldn't guarantee it. Even well, if we finish second in the in the group, I think that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll get one of the six home.
0: No, I, I saw home a, places. I saw a thing today though, which said that if teams who get to 15 points which is what a draw Mm -hmm. and a win would be for us teams who get to 15 points have an 83 percent chance of a home qualifier on the basis that teams like uh scotland and uh, you know loads of other teams who are in the six team (laughs) groups well are are most likely to lose six points because they have they will lose their points from their worst opponent if that makes sense so most likely six points mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah. so yeah. i do think the table is yeah, slightly skewed that's, right, in that that's sense one of the, the moment.
1: reasons it's very difficult to very difficult to read at the minute because because of the the teams that the the, the groups that are going to as you say oh lose six points because they won't count the points from the worst team in the group and that doesn't apply to us. So I think, I think, it, as you say, it's, it can be difficult to read across the groups. But I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm unconvinced it would be enough at the minute.
0: I think on on the balance of odds, I will take an 83% chance. I still don't think it's going to happen for, <laughs> for what it's worth. Either way, I think that's a moot point. But um, I, 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 I think if we can get there, then I do think, I, I do think it'll happen. As I say, I'm not sure we will get the win and a draw, but. Um, that is a story for another day I mean uh, the alternative really is the Czechs um, don't beat Estonia which I would probably call as being unlikely so there is that as well Um, but you know I I don't think that's going to happen so it's going to be an interesting one obviously moving forward we just need to kind of hope for the best a little bit and hope that we can get past Belarus and if not then we're setting ourselves up a very tall task in in March which is going to be very very difficult
1: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, the ho- we can hope perhaps that Belgium, you know, cement their place when by beating Estonia um, on the same night that we're playing Belarus in November. And, you know, perhaps take their foot off the, the gas a little bit. But I think they've got enough history with us that... Of all the teams that they're not likely to take their foot off the pedal with, we might be one of the teams that they're not likely to take their foot off the pedal with. So um, I th- I think the hopes of them playing, you know, a slightly weakened team. I mean, I'm sure if they've got injury doubts, they won't take risks. But I think the hope of them playing a slightly injury uh, affected team on the 16th is, is probably probably fairly minimal I think they'll still come at us I think they'll want to win the group convincingly I think they're very protective of their first place ranking um, so all in all I think they're going to be up regardless of whether they've qualified already or not
0: I think from the thing I I, I disagree slightly in that I think if they win their other game which is against belarus i think
1: Estonia, no they, they play Estonia. Oh, yeah well, playing belarus.
0: um i think they will obviously win that but I, I think that will confirm them not only as qualifying but also as obviously as the top spot if i was roberto martinez i in that second game would not be taking a risk on anyone because it's just not worth it if one of your players slips and gets a broken leg yeah, or no, something, that's,
1: that's 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 what I agree. I don't think I don't think they'll take risks, but I think they're not going to take the players that are there are not going to be taking their foot off the off the pedal either. That makes sense. I
0: see what you're saying. So you think they might play a weakened team in versus commas, but the players who do play will still be giving it the beans.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, in that case, I agree. I, I mean, obviously, their B team or C team or whatever is still a very good team. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would just hope that they're kind of a mixture of, you know, people who haven't played together before might have it might help us, and it just you know grind out a nil niler just because they don't really I would don't say don't care but kind of don't care. That's my kind of hope. Um, but obviously, you know, it's all sorts and maybes. I suppose the, the ultimate reality is if uh, come what may, we have got a playoff place in the bag here, haven't we? So um, I don't think it ultimately matters as much as we make out in terms of what comes next because we're going to be faced with a difficult game anyway I do just think not only having the home draw would be helpful but also the teams around us that we would avoid in that first leg would be very very helpful as well um, and I think that would be the, the key one really is to make sure we avoid you know Switzerland are looking like they're going to be there Poland are looking like they're going to be there those are two games that I just as we are I'm not sure we could win so I think losing losing home advantage would has more than one uh, impact in terms of who we play as well.
1: I actually think that the opposition might, this sounds a little sort of a little bit like Harry. I'm, I'm not saying our crowd isn't, isn't a great home because they are but I actually think sometimes we play better when we're the underdog, when we're you know the crowd is on us a little bit. We're relying on, on support from a, a fervent but small red wall. I think in <clears throat> some games we, we, we play better, and, the, and, and perhaps last Friday's is an example of that. So I'm, I'm not so convinced that being away from home is the huge disadvantage that it might be being portrayed. I think the opposition that we would be facing because we would be away from home is, is much more
0: the the opposition, the calibre of the opposition, be it Switzerland, like I say, Haaland and the, and and uh, and the Norwegians. Uh, you know, the Dutch group is up in the air. There's just there's a lot of teams that I just wouldn't want to face. There, Poland as well. So I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be difficult. So as you say, I think the home and away is is not necessarily as important as the as the quality of the opposition we would face. Um, We're going to have to wrap up there, ladies and gents. Before we do, very briefly, we just wanted to mention the women's team. They are playing Slovenia in what is a huge, huge game for them uh, away next Friday, uh, which I think is the 22nd. And then the following Tuesday, they have Estonia at home. So very much advise you to get out to the Estonia game at home if you can. Um, That Slovenia game is huge, Ruth. Yeah, I mean, they're
1: they're definitely... The the main. I mean, if we assume that France are going to win the group, are definitely the competition for the runners-up spot. Very unlucky not to get a draw against the French in the last window. So yeah, that's going to be a, a, a tough game. Um, we'll we'll talk about that a bit more next week. But uh, yeah, that's one. Hopefully, we can nick some points away in that game
0: yeah I mean Slovenia obviously very unlucky not to beat France uh, not to get a point sorry off France so they are obviously going to be our biggest competition in terms of the situation uh, I think a point there and, a, and three points at home would be a fantastic return uh, like you say we're going to do a preview hopefully uh, for them uh, for that game next week uh, and then we'll see what we can do for the week after that uh, when, when when the game has happened um, few things going on in real life so uh, always, uh, always a few distractions not sure what we can churn out but hopefully we'll be able to produce something uh, for the women's game but good luck luck to the women's team uh good luck to them and uh thank you very much for your time ruth
1: yep good good weekend all round. i don't think we can pretend that uh, four points in a double header away isn't it isn't a good result it's it's a sign of the times that we're aspiring for for more
0: exactly and i think that it is in our own hands pretty much i think is a is a big big bonus for us so yeah onwards and upwards Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us. We will speak to you again very, very soon. Goodbye.
1: Bye-bye.